0: If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zef and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is F.M. Moses Blacksburg from the Year of Purpose podcast, and today I'm joined by Riley Temple. And at the age of 16, Riley backpacked around the world with his family, visiting 24 countries and participating in over 26 volunteer opportunities. This not only ignited his passion for learning and service, but also helped him develop a new mindset around education, which he shares and speaks with students to this day at 18 his exploration led him to te- to the tech world of silicon valley where he helped found a financial education corporation for millennials a lifestyle entrepreneur riley values genuine connection over all else recognizes the potential in every moment and has been coloring outside the lines since kindergarten what's going on riley
1: hey and how you doing this morning
0: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for being here. And it's so awesome to speak to another millennial, someone who kind of just gets it and has had so many cool experiences. So I'd love to hear kind of where this all started, you know, and just share with everyone tuning in um, what it's like to be at such a young age and being afforded such an opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, blessed, absolutely blessed for the family um, I'm in who presented that opportunity for me. Um, I've always been a little bit of an explorer, if you will, and and when I was younger, probably not in the best sense. I loved pushing things and poking things, as I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Um, And I just didn't really see benefit so much. For me, it wasn't benefiting me being in the public school system. So When this opportunity was presented, I I couldn't turn down such an adventure and uh, took nine months, backpacked around the world, and uh, here I am today with the travel bug profoundly impacting me and ready to hit the road again i have to say
0: yeah i'm definitely in the same boat i mean i feel like the travel bug never really goes away once you get bitten it just kind of sits there dormant waiting and says all right what's next when are we go on pack the oh bag. it's exponential
1: and it, and it keeps knocking even faster and faster <laughs> over time as well. <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely so when you originally left to do this like how did your family kind of you know put this option out there for you and say, you know, like, we'd be leaving your friends and everything that you know, for something radically different? Like, how was that even proposed or brought up to you? Because at a young age, I, you know, I would think at 16, I mean, I had my group of friends, you know, we were hanging out every other night, and uh, we were inseparable. So how do you uh, make that decision of, you know, and see that this opportunity is such an opportunity
1: of a lifetime? Yeah, well, I, it was it was a gradual thing. It, it wasn't a, um, spur of the moment, hey, what if we just left nine months and then we're gone and then we took off. It wasn't that spontaneous. I wish it was. That'd be quite the story. But uh, pretty much it started with um, my mom. She was working with an individual who actually took her family around the world in the 80s. And so that profoundly impacted her to the point of she would kind of bring it up over dinner and say, know, if you guys wanted to go anywhere in the world, you know, where would it be? And then slowly that conversation started evolving into, you know, what if we took nine months and backpacked the world together as a family? And like, at first it was kind of, it was laughable because, you know, we'd come home from our, our uh, consistent days of me going to school, um, my parents working, doing their whole thing, Allie, my little sister going to school as well. And we'd all just kind of joke about, you know, what if we took off because we had such a kind of a mundane day that day, let's spice it up and just leave. And slowly that kind of started percolating and building until um, my little sister started um, doing homeschooling. So she was working from home. Both my parents took their businesses home as well. And I was I was really kind of the last holdout um, being a sophomore in a public high school. And, you know, I, I just had one of those days. Um, the power went out at my school and we weren't able to learn things that we were supposed to learn that day. And it was just kind of one of those Catalyst, if you will, for me to see—you know—where is my time really being spent, and is this this truly of value to me? And with the percolation of us talking about the the trip that we we have always been dreaming of, I went home that day and said, "Let's do it. Let's take that nine-month trip, and let's not look back." And so that that day, I went home. I didn't go back to public school the rest of that year. I started down my um, homeschooling track. Started doing online school in preparation for this trip. And uh, six months later, we were on the road. That's awesome.
0: And so where did you, where was home for you then? And where did you guys go first? And and what did that trip kind of look like? What, like which countries did you visit?
1: And uh, yeah. what was yeah. your favorite? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Portland, Oregon originally. Well, suburbia, Beaverton, Oregon, just outside. Um, if you know about Nike, that's the big, the big campuses out here. That's kind of what Beaverton's known for. Um, and the trip really it it was extremely spontaneous you know we didn't really want to do the typical resort route we we called it high adventure low budget and so we were traveling between hostels and a majority of the time we knew where we wanted to head in the direction we wanted to head but we didn't know the specifics Um, and before the trip we bought this big map in which we put on one of our our walls here and we were able to kind of just put little thumbtacks in the places we wanted to go and we'd have little votes and whatnot as a family deciding where we were going to go. And we had a general itinerary for the direction in which we were headed, but no no specifics whatsoever. Um, because we'd sit in hostels and we'd talk to the locals and we'd talk to other fellow travelers and say, hey, you know, we're trying to head in this direction. we got two weeks. What would you recommend? And it was just, it organically flowed from there. And that opened incredible conversations with individuals we would have never been in contact with before and gave us some experiences in which... Are immeasurable in terms of ever making them happen again, just because they were that spontaneous and that um, off the cuff. And so kind of traveling like that, I think I mentioned this to you before the call, you know, it kept us in the present really. And I can't describe to you what it's like coming into a town, not knowing where you're going to sleep that night, not knowing what you're going to eat, but just the feeling of I'm okay. I got everything I need on my back and uh, let's see where this day takes us. And it was, Every day was that way for nine months, and it was such a blessing to live in that zone. And like I said, the travel bug bit me, and it's not letting go either.
0: Yeah. And, and, and um, you went to ahead. 24 countries?
1: Yeah, 24 countries. Um, I think about 85 cities, I want to say, and we did 26 service projects oh in the, uh, the countries we visited. Yeah, it was a kick.
0: So what do you think was the best country? Well, I mean, it's hard to say that, but what was your favorite place?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally contextual. Um, I'd have to say it's really a toss-up between Cambodia and Peru uh, for two different reasons. Um, Cambodia, I'm a scuba diver as well. I absolutely love being in the water. and In Cambodia, we spent a week on an island off the coast. Um, It was called Koh Rong was the island. and Every morning, I was able to get up, go scuba diving. Uh, I'd eat fresh fish on the beach for lunch, uh, talking with people from around the world. And at night, I would get to go out and meet even more incredible people, go explore the island, look at the incredible stars, go swimming at night. Oh, it was unbelievable. I lost track of what day it was, what the time was. I didn't have to worry about anything. And it was the individuals that made up that experience as well, just because there were so many um, incredible people on that island that I was able to come in contact with. And so Cambodia was... A trip of its own that I would milk every day of and every minute of if I could again, which I'm I'm headed to, so I'm excited to get back into that vibe. Yeah, um, that's gotta be really exciting. Absolutely. I'm 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 excited to get back there. And uh, and then also Peru. Peru is a kick just because it was kind of a, a profound place for me. And I understand you've done some travel as well, so I imagine you know there's just some kind of um, places in which you're a little bit kind of spiritually connected to there was just this kind of energy behind and I'd have to say Cusco Peru was that spot for me where everything just felt right everything felt aligned and I kind of felt this inv- invigorated feeling of living in life it was it was just a rad place so, a lot of cool travelers there as well
0: so was there anything that kind of maybe caught you off guard or any interesting experiences I mean obviously sometimes people associate traveling internationally with uh, you know, just fear of, of crime and making sure it's a safe place to go to. And did you ever experience anything that was maybe out of the ordinary um, or, or just something that was totally
1: different from what you were used to? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. Um, I do have to say as well, in the nine months that we were traveling, we were only stolen from once. Um, and that was our fault. And that was on the back end of the trip. Uh, we just had a couple burn cell phones get stolen and I think a camera and which actually surprised us quite a bit because I was traveling with my computers because I needed to take my school online and whatnot and so in that regard we were very surprised that we actually didn't run into that issue as much as we were anticipating. Um, other than being extremely uncomfortable, I have to say there were some bus rides while we were taking, because we we'd take any form of transportation we could, um, and there were a couple very sketchy bus rides especially through the mountains of Ecuador in which I did definitely feel outside of my comfort zone, and safety was something I was, – was on my mind, to say the least. Yeah, uh, But, I mean, just seeing the way people lived what, internationally, we, we, didn't really, we didn't really go to resorts. We tried to stay at the local spots and, and really get a feel for the culture. And on top of that, through volunteering, we were, we were able to see some sides of countries in which a lot of tourists um, wouldn't be seeing. And so just kind of that – humbling experience of meeting individuals local individuals who were able to profoundly impact us just through the lives that they were living i'd have to say that was that was something i didn't expect to hit me so profoundly
0: yeah and so what ways would you say that you know you had grown personally and, and mentally throughout this trip. Cause I mean, you're challenging a lot of things that you knew to be true and, and how the world worked, uh, by traveling for such a long period of time. And, you know, you're experiencing so many different cultures. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about just what changed for you, you know, who was the person that went into that trip leaving Portland and who was that person when you came back home?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was your stereotypical teen. Adrian, if you will, you know, I was 16 years old coming out of high school. I was totally in that same vibe of, you know, I have my select friend group. I'm going to stay, you know, <laughs> exclusive to that. And But I, I did love to explore and I did love to poke um, as entrepreneurs do. And I just, that wasn't channeled in the right direction. I realize now, looking back, um, I was poking things in which weren't best to poke. And on top of that, I didn't really consider myself a student or really a learner of life. I kind of had a different view on education because I didn't really really respect the formal system uh, when I was in it and therefore everything I output didn't really uh, they didn't really respect everything that I presented and brought to the table. So it was this constant feedback loop of kind of tension between me and the public school system because I didn't really vibe with it and I didn't find the information being that was presented relevant really and the biggest transformation for me was I discovered I i am a passionate student, I'm, an, uh, I'm a passionate learner, and I'm a lifelong learner as well. And I just wasn't in the right context or in the right space to fully and effectively discover that and learn um, in the way which was most beneficial to me, um, a specific example being I was taking a, a comparative re- uh, religion course, a comparative theology course, traveling through Southeast Asia. And I could get through the online course at my own pace, uh, as quick or slow as I wanted to. And then that day in the afternoon, I'd spend going to Buddhist monasteries. I'd go spend um, days at uh, a kind of Hindu village, if you will. And I'd be able to actually talk and see the relevance of information that was being presented in this course. Um, And slowly it started kind of, you know, the cog started turning and I started seeing you know, it's it's information applied that drives me and that motivates me the most. And so I guess that realization of I am a lifelong learner, I am a student of life and uh, it's, it's driving me to this day and, it, and it, it, it makes it so I'm always wanting to learn. I'm always wanting to meet new people and and see what I can pull from every opportunity and every uh, experience that I have. And, and so think- I'd say that was the biggest profane impact that the trip had on me.
0: And it's got to be such a different
1: experience.
0: You know, you can read all you want in a textbook, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but to actually be going into the temple, like you said, I feel like probably makes it click so much better for you and and you see it in action. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think interacting with the people too, you know, and and really seeing what it's like for them to live that lifestyle um, and understanding why they live that way. I think that's probably the best way to learn about life is this very hands-on way of doing so.
1: Absolutely. Application immediately. Education and application. See how it relates to you and really find the relevance in the information that's being presented to you. I think that that was my biggest issue prior to high school, I saw there was no relevance in what I was um, learning because I didn't see any application of. And once I kind of had a taste of that while traveling, it's uh, it's been uh, unsatisfied since. And I'm always running and looking for something new to learn about. So what it was a blessing. Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. And, and so I have a question for you where I kind of want to turn it around. So normally I would yes, ask we, you yeah. what you would advise people who are your age or you know we're, we're very close in age so anyone in our group the millennials but I actually want to ask you what would you tell parents who you know have the ability or you know the potential to give their children this opportunity um what would you say to them
1: yeah I mean it's it's, it's really interesting too because I I've been asked this question um multiple times as well. And I'm still trying to, you know, develop an answer in which would be best. It's all really relevant to the student. It's all, you know, whatever would be best. I think maybe, maybe realizing that, you know, all kids don't really learn the same and all kids have various passions and whatnot and just kind of being and cultivating a space for kids to explore their own passions and what they truly vibes with them. um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think not really pushing a direction right now at such a young age, especially in the high school sense and the, or the high school kind of demographic. Um, I think that's what kind of refines and breaks kids down when they're not able to explore as much, because if I was, if I was still in the public school system and I was still kind of in that, that consistent, um, groove, I would have never really found, um, peace if you will, with, um, you know, learning and whatnot. And I would have discovered myself accordingly. Uh, I think just letting kids truly explore and have fun in the space that they're in, and just being kind of a supporter of that, being a supporter of them discovering themselves, I, th- I think is the biggest thing, um, and not pushing your own uh, view of how what a successful student or a successful child would be. You know, I think finding finding letting them find their relevance in things is the biggest the biggest thing I, feel like I can think off off the top of my head right now. Um, but yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think it's so important not to push uh, what you think should happen for your. I mean, to an extent, I, mm-hmm. I think you shouldn't necessarily push, you know, your story onto your children um, because it's going to work differently for them. Much like you said, you know, everyone learns differently. And so, for me, you know, I was telling you before we jumped on the call, I interviewed my grandfather recently, and I said, you know, if you had advice, one thing you wanted to pass along to my grandkids, mm-hmm. it's like, what would that be? And he said, well. Get a job, hold it for forty years, and retire. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like no, like yeah. what are you Wait doing? That doesn't work back, anymore. Cattle, back, cattle. <laughs> I mean, it's fine if that's what you want to do. Some people need that structure, right? Like for some people, that's exactly what they need to do. For many of us millennials, it's exactly the opposite of what we need to do um, because it just it doesn't work for us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this this is a lot about what I talk about in my new book, Life Rescripted, is, you know, it's all about, there's this script that's been kind of passed down to us as to, you know, we're supposed to grow it to be doctors, lawyers, and and, and all these things. And there's all these supposed to do's. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that challenge this supposed to do. And it seems like life is working out just a little bit better for them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. They're pushing. They're pushing. Lifestyle is not a one size fits all glove for sure.
0: Yeah. And so what, at the end of this trip, like when did you guys decide, all right, like it's time to go home or was there kind of a planned date of like, you know, we're going to be back in this month?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we had um, specific places that we needed to be prior to leaving. We had a documentary team ask us if they could do a little number on what, what we were doing, the volunteering and whatnot. And so we had specific places in which we needed to be, but we did know we needed to be back in about nine months. And so... Knowing those locations we had to stop through at specific time zones, if you will, mm-hmm. um, gave us a, a little bit of structure and gave us a little bit of insight on where we were going to be in specific months of the year. And so nine months was kind of our projection. And to be honest, we ended up going to South America. We weren't even anticipating headed, heading down there. And we extended it, I think, I'd say probably about 15, 16 days longer um, and made our way up through Central America. And walked across the Tijuana border, but we had no specific date in which to come back. Um, it was pretty pretty broad. That's very cool. very broad. Yeah,
0: I think that's the best way to do it too. Is you know, I think if you give yourself an end date, you're not really giving yourself that flexibility to just kind of be there because all of it's working towards this goal of hey, I'm
1: coming back at this time. Absolutely, yeah. And we and it's funny you bring that up as well. as our our biggest. Um, I guess goal, or you could say intention, it's funny, was to not really set specific goals, um, was not really to refine ourselves to we want to do this specific thing in this specific place at this specific time. Um, We found, I mean, that's that's a great thing to strive for, but we found it also kind of refined and chipped away from the overall experience we were wishing to Hads have. And so we'd really kind of just put ourselves out there and hold intention in wherever we'd go. And that way things could flow accordingly and we'd be content with whatever was happening. As long as we were showing up in the manner in which we promised ourselves, um, things would happen and incredible things would happen. We called them magic and miracles and people would show up and experiences would take place that we would never even anticipate if we were holding a goal or holding on to the specific mindset and how things should happen. And so... That was a kick as well. That was a lot of fun to see things flow in that manner.
0: Definitely. And so, you know, you guys come back, you're home, what happens next? You know, you've been on the (laughs) road for nine months and – you've learned probably tons of different life skills. You've probably picked up, you know, a couple of different languages to say the least. And, yes. uh, you know, you've learned how to interact with people in such a different way. I mean, you basically learned as a teenager how to interact with people as a 30-year-old. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. where do you go next? I mean, what do you even remember like what the first day back was like when you, you know, walk into the house and you're just like...
1: All right, this this is my bed. It's not a hostel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, no. That I have to say, that was a uh, that was the toughest part of the trip. Um, prior to leaving, the uh, I had I had nervousness and I and I had excitement. But prior to leaving, the excitement outweighed the nervousness tenfold. I was just so excited for the unknown, what was going to take place, and that excitement for the unknown carried to the end of the trip when I came back. I was more nervous because I knew what I was headed into as opposed to, you know, the excitement of the unknown. And so coming back to, I went, I went back to my public high school um, and at first had a really, really hard time uh, because I didn't really apply myself in the manner, like I wanted to hold the mindset that I had throughout the trip, come back and just be this completely changed person. And I think I was trying to push that too much, you know I was trying to be this completely changed person, and that took me away from the present. It took me away from the opportunities in which I could make the most of it at my high school and so at first, it was rough because I was struggling with you know trying to hold on to the Riley that was traveling and now the Riley that's back in high school you know it's 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 rough to go from backpacking the world with your family to now a seventeen year old in public high school again and fitting the mold um but it was really when I started. Applying that education mindset that I kind of started being able to make the most of the situation, um, and I and I thought to myself, you know, hey, this is my last year in high school. This is where I'm able to explore the things that fascinate me. There's resources, there's tools in which I can grab hold of and make the most of. And so I ended up. Um, I ended up trying out for a musical in my school just because I figured, why not? And I'm an athlete as well, and so I never never even on my radar prior to this. And so it was experiences like that, and then trying out for the talent show and just really putting myself out there that made my senior year incredible and I think really got me by, um, and not distracted, but um, a little bit more of content with being back because I started pushing myself in ways – I would have never pushed myself in the past and so it was fun to start applying that mindset in that manner as opposed to wanting to hold on to you know my own individual mindset as being in the trip you know I just started applying and and living it as as you love doing as well as
0: That's awesome and so how did you get to the tech world like where how does high school lead into the tech world from there?
1: Yeah that's a that's a question for sure. Um, in another kind of just spontaneous intention-holding um, journey. Uh, I mean, the podcast year of purpose. Um, I had an incredible year where I was first. I was planning on backpacking South America for about two years. I had a gig lined up playing music in a bar, and I was just going to work at a hostel and just you know just backpack around South America as, as the money permitted. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. Grew up in that lifestyle. And so I was like why not I'll just move down to California see what I can do about making something happen down there. 2 weeks before moving to LA, I had this intuition, something hit me and was like, "Hey man, you got to you're in love with the end goal, but you're not, you know, you're not in love with the process." And so, where would you know that you could vibe? And I was like, "You know what? I've been to San Francisco twice when I was like 12. Why not just move there? I mean, there's a lot happening down there." And so, August of um, 2014, I moved to San Francisco and lived out of my car for about four months, couch surfing between um, various uh, friends and acquaintances, uh, couches, and uh, it was there. I started kind of tapping into the tech world, figuring things out, um, received a couple internships working at some uh, corporations down there, and eventually ended up getting a, a scholarship to Draper University which is an entrepreneurial university down based out of Silicon Valley. And it was there where the ball kind of started rolling for me in the whole tech side of things. And my entrepreneurial um, insight started really um, coming into play. And I met some incredible, passionate individuals. I was subjected to startups. I was subjected to the world of venture capital. And uh, it was another experience in of itself that I didn't even see coming. I was anticipating being in California for two months, and then headed to South America. But I ended up spending a year in San Francisco because there was such potential and such growth there for me as well. And uh, that's that's how I found myself in the tech world.
0: That's awesome. And I'm actually a huge fan of San Francisco. So California has always kind of been home to me as far as whenever I'm traveling. That's, that's one of my favorite places to be. And mm-hmm. um, so on my trip last year, I wound up in San Francisco for about a week. And uh, it's just such an amazing place. Like I, I I feel like home here, but I definitely felt like I was just at home there too. And it's such a cool Mm -hmm. environment and um, got to visit some friends as well. And, and uh, such a cool place, especially for young people like us. So, oh, man. There's a vibe there for sure. Yeah. And if anyone's out there, I think there was this place that I will never forget we went to. I think mm. it's called The Mill. And it's like a bakery coffee shop. But all they serve is coffee and toast. And they make these like artisan breads that they serve with different jams and stuff. But it was it was so cool. It was really close to... Um, the painted lady townhouses where, mm. where they have a uh, full house was filmed. So for anyone ever considering going out there is going out there. Definitely one of my favorite spots. All
1: right. My coffee and cafe working enthusiasts. So I'm going to have to keep that in mind next time I visit.
0: Yeah, man. So it, I guess two questions to round this off. One would be yeah. um, something that always comes up for me just because I'm curious, obviously things cost money, right? And mm-hmm. It's not to say that we have to have a job, but there are definitely certain things that we have to do to make money. Totally. So where does you know, finance take place in your life right now, and how is that allowing you to do uh, the really cool thing you told me before we jumped on the call that you're getting ready to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, living down in San Francisco, I learned so much down there um, and really had such insight in the whole startup world. Uh, when I came back up here to Portland, I saw benefit and just because honestly, I just love talking to people and I love hearing about their passions and how they're applying it to business. And so I said, you know, maybe I'll open the door for some um, strategy consulting work. You know, I'll just open the conversation. Maybe people want to talk about their startup. Maybe I can provide some insight there. And coming back up to Portland, I started chatting with people. I started going to networking events. And so we started getting clients here and there. And so I'm I'm in the marketing space as well. Um, I started helping them just outline social media campaigns and doing just random things left and right um, around kind of in the same kind of vibe of the startup world. And so through that, I was able to network my way into the kind of the travel corporation. That's where I found myself or the, the travel industry found myself kind of loving chatting about. And I was introduced to a startup called TripGrid, who's building an app that's going to revolutionize the um, travel planning industry. It's 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 rad what they're creating and they're launching in February. So back to the the monetary side of things, um, they hired me on to be a brand ambassador for them and um, I'm able to travel on behalf of them over in Southeast Asia for my first month of traveling where I'll just be doing market validation, uh, coming up with marketing concepts and pretty much just chatting up the brand, talking to people. And so blessed to have that connection, blessed to have the guys at TripGrid helping me out with, this is the dream man for me. I just want to chat with people and travel the world. And that's exactly what I'm getting to do. And so building upon that and building relationships where we can find mutual benefit is that's what I'm all about, connecting the dots in that front. And so, yeah, it's going to be a kick this trip coming up.
0: Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. And so just uh, maybe to hear it from you and your perspective, you know, uh, we don't have to hold full-time jobs anymore like that's not how it has to work and this is such a great example of it in what you're doing with them is we don't have to show up for a nine to five in order to get uh, the lifestyle and things that we want maybe you could speak just a little bit to that as we you know kind of round things up yeah
1: i mean tapping into that because i know i'm no millennials your vibe as well um i've seen that floating around as uh, as well it's funny looking at the generational gaps and um, what's ensuing because of the environment in which these generations were raised And You know, uh, talking to your grandfather, the system in which he lived, information wasn't as widely available. So there was almost even a hierarchical sense of information to, you know, the waterfall effect of information coming from, you know, the CEO and, and working its way down the corporation or even in religion or even in the education system. Um, and now I mean with the internet and everyone being so connected this information kind of paradox has kind of been shattered in a sense and so now it's no longer who has access to the information and in which has the power but it's what you do with it it was what i found um, and it's the entrepreneurs it's the millennials who are able to connect those dots because we kind of grew up with intro to you know learning about computers and seeing how these technological um, advances could really support the lifestyles in which we live and Creating new jobs left and right and so now with Gen Z coming in as well um, they're a lot more refined on what they're learning about because they're able to access these specific things and it's it's rad to see all of these um, generations coming together and bringing their own respective um, perspectives about how things can be done and so yeah you're right the the old mold is completely shifting and I think holding multiple gigs and doing freelance work left and right, I think that's becoming the new norm It's who can connect to the dots the quickest and the most efficient manner and not so much um settling in that nine to five job, which is not wrong whatsoever it's It's all relative to your own circumstance, but um you're right, the system in the mold is starting to be re recreated if you will, and uh people are people are doing things that they love doing because they can access the information to make it happen
0: yeah absolutely so you know, with the information that, you know, you've been learning and have been armed with, what's kind of like your final words of wisdom for anyone who is, you know, around our age and just kind of searching for more, maybe, you know, tempted to travel or wanting to live a different sort of lifestyle than this one that has been kind of scripted for us?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I I might have said it a tad earlier, but it it really comes down to, and I just kind of started discovering this point for myself and um, it speaks to me, is really just find your relevance in relationships, in uh, experiences, uh, in information. You know, dive into your passions. Yes, follow your passions. See what intrigues you, but then see how it relates to you on top of that. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, dive into your passions. And you kind of like blindly follow it and you think, Oh, if you do it enough, it will eventually make you money. But I think there has to be some balance and reflection there. Um, And so, finding your relevance behind the relationships you have with others, um, behind the information that's being presented to you, let passion kind of be your guide. But you got to kind of, you know, put your, uh, get your eye in the in the sights and know where you're headed and know what direction um, in which that information or relationship is taking you. And so. Really, yeah, just find your relevance and see how it relates to you and how you can apply it. That's that's my biggest um, reminder for myself and if I had to remind anyone else, um, and I hope that that makes sense, That's that's what I'd say for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this has been an awesome talk. I'm sure we could go like all afternoon on this, but it's oh, definitely been great to have you here. And I'd love to give everyone listening in an opportunity to you know just learn more about you and find out where you
1: are in the world and what
0: you're doing. So, what's the best place for people
1: to keep track of you? Yeah, man. I just have a rileytemple.com. Just my go-to website. You want to get a hold of me, find out my vibe shoot me an email, man. I'm open for conversation. I'm open for chat with any and everyone because everyone has experience and everyone has their own lesson to provide. So yeah, totally open to connection.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, we definitely
1: have to keep in touch because I know that we both have some similar adventures coming up. Well, and I know you're going to Thailand and Southeast Asia, man. So I'm excited to hear when your itinerary is mapped there and I'll, I'll provide you some rad resources and you're gonna have a kick ass time
0: awesome man well we will talk to you very soon thanks for being here today on the year of purpose podcast
1: hey i really appreciate it man
0: this episode of the year of purpose is brought to you by our brand new book life rescripted find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close if you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today, the 5x life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster, the ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet, and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.